Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a Motherhood Feels podcast. I'm Dr. Jill Garrett, a licensed psychologist who specializes in perinatal mental health and host of Hindsight is 2020. On this episode, I welcome seasoned mom of three and fashion showroom owner turned blogger, writer, and chief visionary of Stroller in the City, Brianne Manns. Brianne's blog, which can be found at strollerinthecity.com, details city living, family travel, kids' fashion, and all things mom life. Brianne, who has been featured on The Today Show, E! News, People Magazine, and now Hindsight is 2020, loves to share her message that being a mom doesn't mean you have to lose sight of the cool stuff. Check out her website and her social feeds, and you'll see what I mean. Listen in as we talk motherhood in Manhattan, her mom passions, spoiler alert, stroller reviews forthcoming, and momming the tween and teen set with this lovely lady. All of that and more next. Hey guys, it's me, Jill. If you are interested in integrating more support for moms, dads, and families into your healthcare system or business, please contact Motherhood Feels at motherhoodfeels at gmail.com. The Motherhood Feels supports include Before Baby Boot Camp, an online self-paced course and downloadable workbook that offers education, evidence-based coping skills, an opportunity to create a personalized coping plan, and resources for new and expectant parents. Check out motherhoodfeels.com for a sneak peek of the course and to check out my newly published rhyming storybooks with healthy mental health and safe sleep messages, Motherhood Feels M is for Mom and Fatherhood Feels D is for Dad. Both the course and the storybooks can be personalized to your healthcare system or corporation. And as per usual, help this podcast grow by subscribing on Apple and Spotify. You can find me on social at Motherhood Feels. Thanks for listening. Hi, Brianne. Thanks for being here. Hi, Jill. I'm so happy to be here today. Well, I am really excited because I know just a little bit about you, but I'm excited to know a lot more. Maybe you can start with telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, my name is Brianne. I live in New York City. I have three children, ages 15, 12, and 10. Uh, I started my website, Stroller in the City, 14 years ago when my son was just a year old. I originally came from the fashion industry and did a literally a 360 pivot. Um, And now the blog has now transformed into uh, all the social media channels. We talk about everything from family travel to lifestyle to things going on in New York City. Um, And that's, yeah, that's basically it. That sounds really cool. And I'm hearing with the timing. So you had your one-year-old and then you kind of made this pivot. What was the impetus? What was the inspiration to make this pivot? So I was um, had a fashion showroom back when I had employees. We had a showroom in New York, in LA, in Atlanta. I was traveling all over the place. I was pregnant and I literally had a panic attack. How am I going to travel? Um, I just want to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, I don't want to have this business anymore. So I wound up selling my business, 
like literally a week after my son was born, like the papers were signed. Um, and I, you know, I, the girl who bought it for me, she still owns it, which is really nice. Um, and we still like are keep in touch and so sweet. So I have my son now. It's about a year later, um, a stay at home mom. And I guess I was just kind of like craving this creative outlet. And I started this blog. Blogs were like very big back then. It was kind of like a style blog. Also, I had a boy. There were no cute boy clothes back then. And like with my fashion background, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to be on this mission to find really cool boy clothes and really tell the world, like, you don't have to lose sight being like a cool mom, you know, like kind of like that. So I just started like, it was two sentences, maybe a stock image on the blog. And it was just mainly for family and friends. And then it kind of, it grew a following over the years. And like by the third child, I was having conference calls like in the hospital while I was having her doing like brand deals. And I was like, oh my God, this is kind of weird. I just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. How did this even happen? Like even still now, like I I don't even take, like I do take my job seriously, of course, but I still always take like a back step and I'm like, this wasn't supposed to happen, you know, (laughs) but it did. Well, it sounds like it was quite organic in that it grew out of, again, you said creativity and this interest and having something else to put um, your energy into. And then it just kind of grew and blossomed and it's this big entity now. Yes. And so I uh, happened to hop on your website, strollerinthecity.com, and saw a lot of cool content. I was most interested in last minute Valentine's Day stuff because that's where I am right now. Um, But you are all over the place with lots of different content on lots of different, I think you said all the social media channels. How do you manage the time that I know that that takes plus the rest of your world? Oh, yeah. I mean, every day is a juggle. I do have um, help with Stroller in the City. So I do have um, an assistant that does help me with the blog post. I have a videographer. I have a photographer. I have a virtual assistant um, that will help me like answer my DMs in my you know, Instagram and stuff like that. So I do have help in places that I need. But every day, I'm not going to lie, is completely different than the day before. Um, and it's a juggle. It's just, you know, some days I'm a great mom and I'm killing it at dropping off and picking up at dance. And some days I'm great at my job, you know? So I feel like every day is a juggle. I'm really hard on myself. Like time management is definitely key. Um, but yeah, it's every day is hard to do it all. Well, I'm glad to hear you have some support because I have a very measly social media presence and I find, oh my gosh, that's a whole nother seemingly job. And so it's nice to hear you have some supports because I don't think it would be easy to do it all. I was looking over your, your content as well and it seems like travel is something that's really important to you. I'm also most interested in just like hopping along on every trip you've ever taken because it looks awesome. Uh, Tell me about your experience with traveling as a mom. It's the best thing ever. I always wanted to tap into like the family travel portion of it. So I feel like probably after my third child is when we got offered our first trip. And, you know, not everything is um, not everything is paid for. And I, I think a lot of people get this like, you know, oh, they're just sending her whole family there for free. It's no, um, I was, you know, maybe they paid for one plane ticket. And I was like, that's OK. I really want to take this opportunity. I'll pay for the four plane tickets. 
Um, and what I feel like um, through the years of doing this and sharing my family and our travels with the world is that a lot of parents, I think when they do have young kids, they feel intimidated that they can't go on a plane um, with their newborn or their two-year-old because the two-year-old never like sits down on a plane. And I'm going to tell you that you can do it. And it, it, you know, maybe it is a little bit of a struggle to get there. But once you're there, it's like the memories and the stories that my kids tell now is like probably like the happiest thing that, you know, I feel like, you know, my biggest accomplishment as like, oh, when we were in Morocco and this happened, you know, like, it's just, I love that because I didn't travel like that as a kid. So to give that to them is like priceless. Yeah, that's enormous. And um, I'd imagine that there are lots of pretty pictures and videos that go along with that. And so memories are um, probably icing on the cake with that too. So you've got a 15, 12, and 10-year-old. And I know you live in the city. Do you live uptown, downtown? I'm downtown in Battery Park. Okay. So as a former downtowner, and I, I lived in Manhattan before I had children. And I would always look as I'm walking on along the West Side Highway and doing, you know, my life in the city, watching moms and thinking, how are they doing this? How are they living in these smaller spaces? How are they navigating subways and taxis or lifts and stuff now with all of their baby gear? What's it been like to be a mom in the city? Well, for me, I think with every child, I we look to move outside the city because I feel like that was just embedded in our brain. And that's what you do when you have children um, and you live in New York City. But something just kept bringing us back. I mean, I do live in Battery Park, which is kind of like the suburbs of Manhattan. So it's very, very kid friendly. Um, for me, even just staying at my parents, my mom's house who lives in the suburbs, I felt the suburbs were harder for me, getting your child in and out of a car seat, uh, the stroller in the trunk of the car. Like for me, it was like my stroller was ready to go. I can run downstairs, grab a cup of coffee and just do my thing. You know, I mean, yes, the subways are a little bit harder. A lot of a lot of times, you know, even the elevator uh, they don't work and you're lugging up and down. Um, the trick is to have a baby carrier is to have a really good travel stroller. And then the other stroller that you need is like your car of the city. So that's what you're going to be grocery shopping in. That's what you're going to be, you know, carrying all your stuff in, uh, with the baby and the baby's going to nap in there all day. And that's your life. Uh, for me, it was easier. It's easier, but I know a lot of moms would be like, no way. I like the car thing. But um, the car getting in and out, the part, I don't know, for me, that was just harder. Yeah, I will just share that the thing, one of the things I miss the most about living there is the walkability. And when you are in a neighborhood that has all the things you need, it can be a bit easier, particularly as a mom. Yeah, and I definitely think you walk a lot more for sure. And you definitely need like good footwear because, you know, you do need those rain boots even. (laughs) I mean, I like, that was like the one thing I was like, okay, I have to invest in like good gear, like a really warm winter coat and like the best rain boots and snow boots because you're going to be walking. And also I found that like, I don't live near my stop on the train is not the one with the elevator, but the one before me is. So I would walk the extra, whatever it was mile to get to the elevator subway. Smart thinking. I like it. Well, let me back up a little bit and just check in with you on your journey to becoming a mom. And this was, what, 15, 16 years ago. Did you always want to be a mom? Did you always anticipate being a mom to three? I always wanted to be a mom. Yes. I never imagined having three children. 
which is kind of crazy. Um, I never even thought about the age difference. Like I never thought, oh, I'd rather have boys versus girls. Like I just knew that I wanted to be a mom. I'm one of three. Um, and then with my second child, so we were ready to have number two, I actually couldn't get pregnant. And I had to go through this whole, I, I had to go through IVF. Um, something happened with my C-section with my son and it damaged my fallopian tube, one of my fallopian tubes, um, and which I didn't know or anything. It was like very unexpected. Um, and then with number three, I, w- I didn't think I can have, yeah, I thought I had to go through IVF again. So I was like, if it happens, it happens. And it did. So like my two youngest are 21 months apart and everyone's like, they're so close in age. I'm like, cause I didn't think I was able to have a third. Oh, wow. So I I was just very grateful. So like a lot of people, when they add like, you know, number two baby to the mix, they're like, oh my God, it's two, it's double. For me, I was like very grateful about it because I didn't think I was going to be able to get pregnant again because it took, it was like a good year and a half of like infertility for me. Wow. So you had the C-section with your son and you had no awareness that you had this damage to your fallopian tube until you're trying for a second. And then you were thinking, okay, we have to go down the IVF pathway. And what was IVF like for you? I know it can be a very physically and emotionally daunting experience. Yeah. I mean, it was very hard because I have, I had now this one and a half year old and I was, you know, all the doctors are on the Upper East Side. I live in Battery Park. It was like, it was a lot of, a lot of babysitters, you know, to come here early in the morning so I could, you know, take the train uptown to go get, you know, your blood tested and all the things. And I feel like it consumed me. Like it, it literally consumed my life for a year and a half. Like, and I feel like I kind of blocked half of that out. Like, I, it's kind of crazy that I went through all of that. You know, we did um, three IUIs, I believe. And then finally the last, the round of IVF actually worked. Wow. So that is a lot of work. And it's also, again, emotionally draining, like the three IUIs obviously did not work. And so you have to go through each of those months and then kind of deal with the roller coaster of emotion. Oh, yeah. And then also, you know, down here, there was like a ton of like mommy and me play groups and like our group, which I still keep in touch with all the women today, there was like at least 20 of us and we would meet like once or twice a week. I Sometimes I'd see this with women every day. And so every time we'd show up for a play group, it was like somebody else was pregnant, somebody else was pregnant. And of course I was happy for them, but I was like, oh my God, oh my God, how is this happening? And it was like everybody at the same time. It was kind of crazy. Um, and then, yeah. And then thank God it, it happened. And then with my third, it just, I didn't have to go through IVF. It was, it's so crazy how like life works and what they throw at you. Yeah. Well, now you are clearly a seasoned mom with a teenager, a preteen, almost another preteen. And you've got a lot of what sounds like great ideas on parenting in this city. As you look back over these last 15 years, what do you think are some things that are some hindsight moments for you, lessons learned and all this mom stuff? Well, I definitely think um, it's super cliche, but time really does go by super fast, especially when you're in it. And I know that like the sleep deprivation when your kids are younger, you're kind of like, oh my God, I'm never going to get out of it. And you do eventually. Now you're in my shoes where you're like, can't wake them up for school <laughs> in the morning. And you're like, oh my God, you know? So I definitely think, yes, it goes by super fast. Um, it's crazy. I think also with my experience, like, you know, 
I have, I know a lot of moms that are like, I'm going to have three kids and they're going to be spaced out two years apart. And, you know, if it doesn't happen like that, it doesn't happen like that. And it's okay. I feel like we, we are very hard on ourselves um, when it comes to that aspect. And um, I did suffer postpartum with my son. And that definitely wasn't something that I was even aware of that I was even realizing that I was going through. My mom wound up coming, I think it was like six weeks in and my mom came to my apartment and she was like, pack your stuff. You're coming with me for a week. And it was the sleep deprivation that actually like got me. And I feel like she woke up with him for like a good week straight and I was able to like catch up on sleep and it like snapped me out of it. Thank God. But it's something that I feel like now we talk about a lot more, something that we didn't back then. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you putting your finger on that sleep deprivation piece and how it so impacts our mood and anxiety level. And it sounds awesome to be able to get packed up and be taken care of and really get your sleep restored. I'm so glad that was an option for you. Did that really offer you some relief is my guess? It did. Yeah. I was a different person when I got back to the city a week later. I was definitely a different person for sure. Yeah. Well, um, now as a mom who is working and doing all these other things, I saw that during COVID, maybe, did you guys get another space out to get a little bit more space, maybe in the Hamptons? Mm -hmm. We did. We live in a super small apartment here. That is one thing that, you know, I love living here, but our space is very small. So we were looking forever. And I think after being here during the whole COVID time, we were like, we have to get this. Like, it's just, we have to have, you know, space. And we did. And it was like a dream come true. And um, now the kids, we do have a space to escape to on the weekends, which is so needed now that they're older. Um, When they were younger, they didn't need it. It was fine. Now they do. Now that, you know, my son's 15, like he wants his own room. He wants his, you know, he shares a room right now with his sisters in the city and he's not happy about it. But if I can, you know, alleviate some of that by offsetting it, by going somewhere on the weekends, then it just works. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. My sister, who was in the city with her twins and family during COVID, they moved to my family's home in Virginia just to have some space to move around and ultimately went out to the suburbs after it just because growing families can't stay in small apartments, which are part of the fabric of Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I was wondering, because you are a fashion person uh, and I have now seen some footage of your home, you must be an interior design person and you're attractive and you're put together and your profile on social media is really idyllic. And I'm wondering, do you ever have non-idyllic moments where you are not the perfect put together person that you appear to be (laughs) every day, all the time. I have one every single day. Um, If you catch me in my home, just randomly ring my doorbell. I will probably be in sweatpants. I love dressing up. I love it. It's something that I've always done. Um, But there is something just about like the minute I get in my door, I do change into sweatpants. Like that's what I do. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, my home is a mess some t- most of the time, you know, and <laughs> I'm always cleaning up after the kids, especially when you live in a small space, like one thing can be out of order and my whole house looks like messy, you know? So um, yeah, all the time, all okay. the time. That's reassuring to know. I think that we all intellectually know that just what you see on social media isn't always the reality, but it's nice to hear it from you that you are having some mess and are a 
home sweatpant wearer, which I think we can all relate to. Absolutely. And I try to keep it real too in my Instagram stories. I love to keep my feed like pretty looking because that's just, I don't know what I like to do. But in my stories, I kind of get real. Like I was like, my son was home two days this week. He was sick from school. You know, it's just, it's nonstop all the time. Yeah. All right. So I'll have to check out the stories to get some more of the behind the scenes. (laughs) Here's the mess and here's the sweats, all the things. (laughs) I love it. Now, do you have a podcast as well? I did have one. Um, I don't have one anymore. I did it with, it was an app that was coming out called Colin and I was just working with them and it was just easy to do. So we did it, I think it was like right after COVID, but I haven't, I haven't done it anymore. I thought it was really fun, but also I don't know how you do it. It's literally a full-time job. It is, um, I I carve out a little bit of time each week to talk to somebody, but Honestly, it's so fun for me because I get to meet just, you know, lots of different people and it's just fun. Um, So I'm enjoying it. And um, I can imagine, though, that with all you've got going on, it would be hard to to maintain something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you've got your kids who are, I mean, not out of the house yet, but, you know, you've got, I won't scare you with with that. Uh, But you've got these kind of growing teenagers and in these next years and this next kind of season of life, my sense is that you might want to continue with the what sounds like theme that you've carried up to this point, which is let me have my life and do the things I enjoyed before kids, but also bring the family into the fold with it. Am I getting that right? Yes, I think um, the blog now has definitely evolved over the years. Like uh, my readers have watched my children grow um, for all these years. But I do want to, I do stay true to the new mom as well. There's always a new mom out there. I secretly have still an obsession with strollers and I love to know what's new out there. And that's actually like one of the biggest questions I get. You know, what stroller do I have? Do I need to get? And I love to be in the know of all that stuff too. So I feel like with the blog, while it is evolving to more, more of just me sometimes in the content and not so much my kids or, you know, tween based focus and teen focus. I do still have articles and uh, at least, you know, several times a month, like about a new stroller, about a baby roundup, um, sleeping tips or something like that. So we still try to stay true to the new mom. So it is a full lifestyle blog. Oh, that's cool. Um, And I can relate. I feel like it's fun to know all the new products that are yeah. coming out. I'm also quite jealous a lot of times. I'm like, shoot, yeah. that thing had been around for me. Um, so I know, me too, me too. Like the breast pump that's like, you know, on the go. I'm like, where was this when I had kids? Totally, totally. And then with your stroller in the city piece, I'd imagine that you are approached by different stroller companies too to say, let me be a stroller in your city. Um, did you have a favorite stroller or have you had favorite stroller? If you can share that. I, I mean, yeah, I, there were so many favorite strollers, but I will say the ones that I've used, I mean, there was a time, I think I had 10 strollers in my apartment in New York city. My husband's like, what are you doing? They were like under the bed in the closet. It was like everywhere. Um, I do love the upper baby always. Um, I think Upper Baby, I think Bugaboo is still great. Uh, Cybex, I feel like those three um, would be like number one. I think for travel, Duna is amazing because it's the car seat that goes into the stroller. Um, so if you're traveling on a plane, you can literally just take that car seat and put it in a car, which is great, but also stroll it. Um, so that was that's a really good one too. 
Yeah, I'm still up on all the shoulders. And now I feel like I always have someone around me that has a new baby. So I'll use their babies as my models, which is really funny. They're like my little pint-sized reviewers. (laughs) I like it. I am partial to, and this is not a city stroller, um, but I am partial to the Bob double stroller for jogging and beach and all that. So I, but I also know that Appa and the other ones that you mentioned are quite popular. So uh, it sounds like you're in good company with a lot of the good strollers out there. Well, let me see anything I haven't asked you about that you wanted to share any other life lessons that would be helpful for anybody to hear from you. I feel like um, now at the stage that I'm in in motherhood, I've said this now more than once in the last like couple of months, I feel like I'm actually parenting way harder now than I was when my kids were younger. And it's like, it's a total shift. Um, You know, back then it was a lot easier to be like, okay, they, they need to sleep and they need to eat. And you can actually pass those duties off to people. But after just, I was just away actually for the longest time I've ever left my kids since they were born. It was eight days. Um, I had to go to California for a work trip. And it was mentally exhausting doing both. Like I've gone away maybe for like five days here, maybe, yeah, like four or five days here and there. This was like eight full days. And the amount of times that all my children called me were insane because I feel like they just need you so much more now, like emotionally. So that's just definitely like a shift in what I'm getting. Like, yes, they had their dad here. He was here for half the time. Then my mom stepped in to help out. Um, and it was a lot, it was a lot. Like a a lot of people are like, oh, your kids are older. It must be so much easier. And I'm like, it's actually not, it's actually a lot harder. And like, even now I don't really need, I don't have a babysitter. I don't have a nanny. And that part is hard too. I feel like, you know, because they're too old for that, but you do need someone here all the time. So I feel like it's me being here for them kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's just some kind of insight that I've been discovering the last couple of months. Yeah. Another new season where it sounds like the practical pieces of parenting are less necessary. But like you said, that emotional piece Mm -hmm. is pretty consistent. And so I have that to look forward to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How old are your children? My kids are nine and six. So I just underneath you with that respect to that. Yep. So I'll have that on my (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, I thank you for sitting down. I feel like I could talk to you for hours and just kind of pick your brain on all things um, you and your experiences and stroller in the city. And it's been really fun to connect. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is like really just an easy, fun conversation. Information on Hindsight is 2020 is intended for general education and informational purposes. Engagement in this podcast does not constitute a professional relationship, and this content is not intended to be an alternative or substitute for professional psychological support. Individuals are encouraged to pursue that through a licensed healthcare provider. If you're experiencing an emergency, please report to your closest emergency department or contact 988.